We pray, O oh God, that you speak to us. We pray that none of us will leave the same. In the name of Jesus, we pray that your word, which comes to us, will come with power. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the saints said, Amen. 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 So we're going to continue with what God has been speaking to us about. Very, very important. God has been speaking to us about how to be close to God. Hallelujah. How to be one of God's favorite children. How do you become close to God? Father God, speak to each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you, all of you uh, on, on, uh, in church, on, on, on Zoom and live. Amen. Now let's continue. I believe that today is going to be a blessing. Amen. So it's important to be close to God. How do you become close to God? That is something that I pray that as we keep hearing this message, we keep hearing about it. We keep hearing about how to be close to God. I pray that you and I would be indeed close to God. And we will pursue God. The Bible says that God or God says that if you, you, you seek for me or you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. So it is those who pursue God, who search for God, who seek for God with all their hearts. They are the ones who find God. So we talked about the fact that those who were close to God were very special to God. We have David the king, we had we have Abraham, we have uh, um, Isaac, we have Jacob. So uh, it also means that no matter how good or how, no matter how bad you are, you can eventually be close to God. For example, out of all the disciples, Jesus decided to choose a tax collector named Zacchaeus to be among his folk or his friends or his disciples. Also, one of the apostles of Jesus Christ is Matthew. Hallelujah. Now, Matthew was also a tax collector. Think about it. Matthew was a tax collector and the tax collectors were known to be the, the, the people who were full of sin. They, 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 usually they'll say tax collector or publican. So they used to go to the bars, they used to drink, they used to get drunk, they used to extort money, they used to swindle people. And so Jesus became close to such people. And of course, Zacchaeus said, if I have taken anything from anyone, I'll give it back to them and give even more to them and I'll give money to the poor. So all those people who became close to God eventually repented and changed their lives. Hallelujah. So we began to talk about Peter, James, John, that Peter, James, and John were the closest to Jesus. And I pray that you and I would be like Peter, James, John. And then we talked about the fact that Peter and John were even separate, were even different. But out of Peter and John, John was the favorite of Jesus. He, he was so close to Jesus that he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now that's a bold step. For, for John the Revelator to say clearly that, look, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, uh, Peter could have uh, uh, told John Mark to also write that I, uh, Peter was the disciple whom Jesus loved, but he didn't do that because it was exclusive for John. And then we talked about the fact that when Jesus, uh, 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 during the Last Supper, uh, Peter asked John, John, ask Jesus, because you are sitting right by Jesus, ask him, who is the one who is going to betray you, Lord Jesus? But none of them could ask him apart from John. So John asked Jesus, Lord, who will betray you? And then Jesus said, the one who uh, I'll dip my hand, you know, the one who I give the, the, the bread to after dipping it, that's the one who will betray me. Hallelujah. Then we also talked about David the king. We said that David the king was someone who loved God. And because he loved God, the Bible says that God gave David the king a testimony. That I have found the son of Jesse after removing Saul. I have found the son of Jesse, David, the son of Jesse, who is a man after my own heart, who will fulfill all my will. All my will. 
So David was a man who loved God so much, and that's why God referred to him as the man after my own heart. The, the man who loves me so much and who is so special to me. Hallelujah. Then we said the fact that the, the ways you can get close to God, there are many ways, but we want to talk about some of the ways that we've read about in the Bible. Now, before we continue, let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Now, Hebrews 6, 12, says something very important. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amplified says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who through faith, by their learning of the entire personality on God, in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, and by practice of patient endurance and waiting, are now inheriting the promises. So the Amplified says it in an uh, interesting way. Hallelujah. But in general, the Bible says, we must through faith and patience inherit the promises. But we must follow. We must imitate. We must follow those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Now, David the king is the best example, the best example of someone who was close to God. If you want to know uh, or find out Someone who is just like you and I, who was close to God, David is the guy. The Bible even talks about the fact in James that Isaiah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed that it shouldn't rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed that it should rain, and it rained. So they are just like us. They are not better than us. Actually, some of us, at least those watching, are even better than David the king. But God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people who love him. And then he perfects them. So we talked about the fact that the first quality David had that made God love him more than usual. Or that made him close to God. Was that he was a worshipping type. He was someone who worshipped God. He, he was a worshipper. And not just a worshipper by, by action. But a worshipper by singing. He was a singing guy. He was a guy who sang to the Lord, sang to him, told God how much he felt uh, about God, told God how much he loved God. He was a man after God's own heart who, who loved him so much. And you see that 73 of the Psalms are attributed to David. Think about it. 73 of the Psalms. As the deer panted for... The water, so my soul longeth after thee, you alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee, David the king. Cre create in me a clean heart, David the king. One thing I ask, this one thing I seek, that I may dwell in your David. David was a man after God's own heart. So 73 of the Psalms were attributed to David. 11 of the Psalms were attributed to the sons of Korah. 2 to, the, to, to Solomon and 1 to Moses. Teach us to number our days that we might apply our hearts to wisdom. Now remember that Psalms are singing. So David was a singer. Someone who sang to the Lord and blessed the Lord. So ladies and gentlemen, another thing I want to encourage you to do is to know that David was someone who, because of his worship and praise, got certain benefits from worship and praise. He was someone who God spoke to regularly. Anytime he wanted to make a decision, he would ask God, should I go here? Will they deliver me to the hands of Saul? Will this happen to me? What should I do? And God would direct him. So God directed many times David the king because of his attitude of worship. A worshiping person and someone who praises the Lord, a lot of awesome things happen in their lives. Now, praise you praise God because of what he has done and because of how mighty he is, because of how great he is. You praise him because he has done marvelous things. 
You praise him because he's awesome, he's mighty, he's loving, and he's done fantastic things in your life. You worship him because of the great worth you place on him. You worship him to to, to obedience. You, 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 and, and you can worship by bowing down. You, 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 you surrender, submit, lower yourself before God. You worship him as a lifestyle. Worship is, 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 a, is a lifestyle of honor and great worth we place on God. And then we sing to him to, to prove it. That, that's kind of like the climax of the whole thing. When you are singing to the Lord and you are living a life of worship, then it just makes God just so excited and just so like, I mean, lofty and big and just excited. One thing about God is that when you and I worship him, it blesses him so much that worship and praise are the ways to touch his heart. Worship and praise are the ways to, to get to God. Hallelujah. And many Christians must learn to worship God. We are not talking about just worshiping him in church. Because if that's the case, you only worship God twice a week. Because church should be attended at least twice a week, not once a week. Oh, these pastors. If you read Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they were actually going to church daily. Daily. So you read Acts chapter 2 yourself later on. And you will see that daily they were going to the temple daily, breaking bread from house to house. So twice a week is minimum. Hallelujah. And even twice a week is not enough. Because the Bible says that there are angels in heaven who do not stop going around and saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to become. And worship him and the Lamb of God. They worship the Lamb of God. They worship God day and night. They are beasts who have eyes all over, who have different wings, and who, who cover their eyes because of the revelations and the awesome power of God. Even the angels and throughout all creation, no one, no angel, no person when we go to heaven will be able to know everything about God. Because throughout all eternity, we will still be getting awesome revelations about God. That's what the Bible says. With twin, he covered his face. With twin, he covered his eyes. Because every time he saw God and thought that was it, then something new about God will be revealed to him, or the angel, and the angel will be in awe. It's like, wow, what a wonderful God. So worship is the, 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 the great worth we place on him, and we're telling him how awesome and mighty and fantastic he is. Telling you how much we love him and how awesome and great he is. And that was David the king. David the king always proved to God. Anytime God was angry with people, or even with David the king, all he needed to do was to just sing a psalm. As the dear Lord God, I know you're angry with me, but look, as the dear panted for the water, so long let my soul after you. You alone are my heart's desire. I mean, how, how long will God be angry after someone says that to him? That's why even you and I, when we are angry with someone and the person comes in a humble way, it's very difficult to just continue to react. That's why Jacob and Esau, Jacob, uh, yes, Jacob and Esau, Esau wanted to kill Jacob after the parents died. But Jacob, Esau was expecting Jacob to come in a strong way. But as soon as Jacob saw Esau, he fell, he went to the ground. Even though he was mightier than Jacob, I mean Esau. Jacob just went to the ground and humbled himself before Esau. How are you going to kill someone like that? So worship was something that touched God's, God, touched God's heart. Hallelujah. And look at Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, And there was in the church that was at Antioch. And there was in the church that was at Antioch. Let me start again. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menian, which was brought up with, tetra, with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Paul, for the work whereon to have called them. So you will clearly see, as they ministered to the Lord, look at other versions to see as they praised and worshipped God. Because when you are praising and worshipping God, you are ministering to Him. Look at a few versions. Good. 
NLT says, one day as the, the, these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have, I have for them. So there was a decision made as worship and praise were going on in the church at Antioch. Hallelujah. So you will see that answered prayer or better to say uh, 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 answers to questions, direction will be given as you and I worship and praise God. So David the king was someone who worshipped God and because of that God directed him in all things. And in the same way, when you and I are worshippers of God, God will be so pleased with us, we will be so close to God that he will tell us things. He will direct us. That's why God said, how can I hide what I'm going to do in Sodom and Gomorrah? How can I hide it from my friend Abraham, who is faithful in all my house, who would, com who, who would compel his household after me? How, how am I going to hide this? The Bible says that God does not do anything except he reveals it to his servants and prophets. So you don't need to be a prophet. You just need to be someone who is a friend of God. You just need to be someone who is close to God. And Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I'm do I tell you to do. And I'll disclose everything to you. So when you and I worship God, we become people who God speaks to regularly. God shows things. God will show you and I things. God will open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of his law. His law will be nice to us. When I say his law, his word, because the word of God, the law, is all interchangeable in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, usually we see the law or his word or his commandments or his precepts. Hallelujah. All that is in the Bible. Amen. So these are things that God wants to do with us. True worship. Then we also talked about true worship. You and I must be intentional and decide to be worshippers. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. That's all. Yes. It must be intentional. We must learn songs, worship songs. Hallelujah. We must learn how to sing songs that bless our hearts. You, there are many worship songs, but there are some that when you sing, it's like, yeah, this is what I want to tell God. What I'm singing is something I want to tell God. It's something that is so dear to me. When I sing it, it, it it's expressing what I wanted to tell God, but I didn't have words to say. Or as you are singing it, other things are coming to your mind you want to tell God. You and I must learn to be worshippers of God. And it is not, we are not talking about Sunday worshippers. But it includes Sunday worship. Because Sunday is not that, Sunday doesn't reveal worshippers. A worshipper is someone who is worshipping God and then on Sunday it spills over. Because in the crowd with instruments is beautiful. It makes the difference. But the worship has been done at home already before they've come to church. You and I must learn to be worshippers, true worshippers. When I say true worshippers, we must, we must learn to play on our phones or YouTube or wherever you get a song and worship God. As the and sing it like you're in church, but just that you are alone. And develop a heart of worship. David was not worshipping God in a group. In the wilderness, when he was looking after a few sheep, when he was king, he was someone who lived a life of worship. And that is how to touch God's heart. That is how to get God's attention. God loves worshippers so much that he actually protects them when, you, when they worship and fights for them. That's why the Bible says that God has chosen David, his, his anointed servant. With his holy oil has he anointed David. And he's going to, he, God himself, was going to beat down David's enemies and foes. God was going to be the one who fights David's enemies. Meanwhile, it was David who was fighting the battle with a sword. But it was God who was fighting for him. And then the Bible says God gave David rest on every side. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about... The fact that worship does not only draw you and I close to God, but also gives us the hearts and the protection from God. The heart for God and protection. Are there examples? There are so many examples. I'll just give us a few. 
look at Second Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 1 all the way to 20, maybe the end, just Second Chronicles chapter 20, what you discover is that the children of God were surrounded by the, the Mount Seir, the, the, the enemies, all the, the inhabitants of, of the, 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 the region around them. And this Second Chronicles chapter 20, and they were going to annihilate the children of Israel. I'll just read a few for time's sake. Second Chronicles chapter 20 from verse 1 says, It came to pass also, after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. He just came against them. Then there came, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, there cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judah. So this is a situation where it's like on a ratio of one to a million or a ratio of one to hundred thousand, like a a massive annihilation. The children of the enemy all around had surrounded Israel. When you go to Israel, you see the Golan Heights, you see all the different mountains, you see that they are surrounded by, the, they are, they are, uh, by different countries. So all those countries were gathered together to destroy Israel. So Jehoshaphat was afraid and set himself to seek the Lord and to proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. Verse 4. And, Je and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court. And said, O Lord, of our, o Lord God, and said, O Lord God, or O Yahweh Elohim, of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? I mean, earth is like a, a, it's not even, you see, it's not even a piece of sand in all the seashores. When you compare heaven to the universe, even the universe and even where earth is, it's, 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 it's mind-blowing. And yet, he is God of heaven. So you can see how great he is. And in thine hand is there none, not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee. This is what they were telling God. Art not thou our God? So it's kind of like, ah, aren't you God of heaven and earth? Aren't you God of everyone? Aren't you the one who is so great that no one can withstand you? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel? And give us it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever. Oh, look at that. Call me Abraham, our friend. May God, someone call you and I God's friend. In Jesus' name. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, Continue. If when evil cometh, okay, go to verse 10. So this is all the prayer. And now, behold, the children of Ammon. And, Mount, and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. So God didn't allow them to destroy those people. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O oh, our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. When anyone is in trouble, may you learn how to say, Our eyes are upon thee. Verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, 
the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, and the son, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So even though they were fasting and praying, the people, the enemy was still marching against them. Then verse 15, and he said, Hakim ye, listen carefully, listen, pay attention, Hakim ye, all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. And thou king Jehoshaphat, so the prophet, the Holy Spirit just came upon the prophet and this, this is what he was saying. Thus said the Lord unto you, be not afraid, nor dismay, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle glory to God. That's the truth, that's what God is telling you. That's what God is telling you. There's somebody watching. God is telling you that the battle is not yours, but God's. 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Now, God is telling them you don't need to fight in this battle. Everything will be explained why they will not need to fight. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. God is telling somebody watching, the Lord will be with you. So go, the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. So then they, worship, they, they, then they began to worship the Lord. Very important. Go back to verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. So now you see worship here. Very important. Continue. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Kohites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be a man or established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye chalak or prosper. Continue. And when he had consulted with the people, now this is very important, because before we continue, just stay here. Now, this is very important because most likely the prophets, God, by the time God finished speaking to them, the instruction was what we are going to see in verse 21. I'll explain that. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Stay here, don't move. Now, this is very important. So now, the Bible is saying that there is a great army. They worship God. Now, the instruction from God is to put the worship team in front of the army. To, to let the worship team join the army. Went out before. Look at NLT. This verse, verse 21. And then we'll continue. NLT. So they joined the army. After consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. If I you keep it in NLT. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Now, they had to consult the leaders because there must have been an uproar. There is a great army about to annihilate us and you are telling the worship team to go ahead. How can the worship team with the young people go ahead when there is an army? Shouldn't it be the most skilled people? But what they didn't realize was that God said you will not fight in this battle. So God knew the power of praise and worship. And that's why God told them in advance that you don't need to fight the battle. All you need to do is to put the worship team ahead 
of the, of the army. And as they be, glory to God, as they begin to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord will ambush the enemy. Let's continue verse 22. Now, there's a, a friend of mine called Sergeant First Class Bearden. Now, this sergeant guy explained what it means when uh, 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 soldiers have been ambushed. Before we continue. Now, when, when, there's, an, uh, when, when there's an ambush, it means that there's a certain perimeter and the plan for an ambush is that there will be no survivors. So verse 22, at the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord called, so at the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies, caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Go back to King James. He's losing some uh, what I was trying to say. Go back to King James, please. And verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah and they were smitten. But think about it all. And when they began to glory to God, as so when they began to sing, go back to NLT and let's see what it says. When they began to sing, as they began to sing, the, the, the ambush did not occur until they began to sing and to praise God. Then the Lord caused the, uh, the God ambushed them. Look at it in ESV. So you see that NESV, ESV, King James will be similar. NLT and the others will make it good English uh, uh, understanding. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, uh, and, and when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon. So you see ESV, go to NESV. Those who were here uh, hearing me on Sunday, uh, these Sundays will understand what I'm trying to do. NESV, when they began to sing and praise him, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon. Are you getting me? Now go back to NLT and continue verse 23. So it was in the process of singing that God ambushed the enemy. That's why certain times when you are perplexed, look, you are being surrounded by problems and you don't know what to do. Be cruel, glory to God. Begin to sing and to praise the Lord and God will ambush the enemy. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies. That's why God said, you are not going to fight. You will see the strong hand of God. You are not going to fight at all in this battle. You are only going to present yourselves. Because God had a plan that he will let them praise and worship him. He will let them sing. And as they begin to sing, God will ambush. The, the armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir. Imagine, turned against their allies and killed every one of them. After they had finished off the army of Seir, they turned on each other. Verse 24. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, there were dead bodies lying on the ground for as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. That's what an ambush is. Verse 25. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the... Oh, hallelujah. They gathered the plunder. Look, I, I, I said, that's what the Bible says, that the riches of the unbelievers, or the wicked, will be uh, for the, 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 the righteous. They gathered the plunder. They gathered the, the jewels, the precious ornaments. And they gathered the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder, plunder that it took them, glory to God, three days to collect it all. It's only verse 25. Let's use King James for this. So, so I can get the meat of what is being said in verse 25. Well, my time is almost up. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance. You see how the King James... Uh, 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 in abundance, both riches. Riches. Not just plunder. Plunder is, is part of it, but he explains it both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. 
it was so much. Now think about it. How can someone in a, going for war have jewels and precious ornaments on them? Because God had it, it was supposed to be for the, 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 the believers. Now think about it. It started when they began to sing. That's so, so what I'm saying is that worship is so powerful and draws us so close to God that God protects. God protects and God delivers. There's what we call the praise cure. Praise cure. It can cure any disease, the praise cure. It can, it can deliver from any battle. We can find that in Jericho also. The walls of Jericho, they were so huge and fortified that those, it was actually impenetrable. It was impossible for the children of Israel to go through. That's why, because they locked the gates, no one could enter, no one could come out. So it was actually impossible for the children of Israel to go through. The only way they could go through is if the walls came tumbling down. And the only way was through praise. Glory to God. Through praise and worship. I said, look, when you praise the Lord, that's why God delivered David. That's why he touched God. David touched God's heart. You also see in Acts, the Bible says that Paul and Silas, they were preaching. And after delivering the, the damsel from uh, the evil spirits and so many things happened, they were whipped. They were whipped. Their backs were bleeding and they were secured and fastened and locked in the jail, in the deep dungeon, in the, the secure part of the jail. And, they, and their hands and their feet were locked because the jailer told them, look, the, the, the jailer was told, keep them firmly and securely and secure them so that there is no way of escape. So they were put in the innermost jail, in the dungeon, their hands and their feet were secured. Glory to God. And their backs were bleeding. The Bible says, and they were singing praises to God. The Bible says, as they were singing and praising the Lord, the Lord opened the prison. The Lord opened the prison. The prison doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loosed. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the fact that when you begin to praise and to worship God, because God is so pleased and his glory comes down, it, it, it just delivers and explodes any wrong. It, it, it delivers us from any wrong that is coming our way. And it, it sets people free. Praise and worship sets the captives free. Of course, it's the word, but when you add the word and praise and worship, that's why everyone's bands were loose. Okay, let's read that again. Let's start from verse 23. So that so Acts chapter 16, what does 23 say? And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Now that's this is very important because the jailer, if he didn't keep them safely, he'll be executed on the spot. Those days. Under Roman rule, execution immediately. The jailer, we are supposed to keep someone. You didn't execution. You see it also as we read this. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison or dungeon and made their feet fast in the stocks meaning that secured their feet in stocks. 26. And at midnight, sorry, 25, yeah, thank you. And at midnight, so in the midnight hour of someone's life, in the difficult time of someone's life, just, just like Job, shaved his head and worshipped. In the midnight hour, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Look at this in NLT. It's, it has a nice way of, of adding some meat to it. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. So this was a continuous action. 
It wasn't that they sang and praised and that was the end. They were praising and singing hymns to God. As they were singing, the other prisoners were listening. Verse 26. You can keep it in NLT unless we see something else. Suddenly, oh glory, suddenly there was a great earthquake. When did the earthquake quick occur? Just because they went to jail, no. As they were singing and praising God, as they were singing and praising God, suddenly there was a great earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. The foundation of the problem that is, that, that, that is causing the problem, problem, the foundation of the thing the devil has put against you and I, the, the thing that the devil has put down, that foundation will be shaken and destroyed because of Jesus Christ. All the doors flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The chains may, our chains fall off. All chains of bondage may they fall off. Verse 27. Now, this will explain. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Yeah, he had to kill it. He, he, oh, I don't say you have to die. He, 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 as a non-believer, decided to kill himself because he knew he would be killed, executed. So if they've fallen, they've gone away. I was, I was told to hold them firmly, and they escaped. I'm going to die. But anyway, it goes on and on. You can read it later on. So this clearly shows because Paul said, we are here, don't kill yourself. And he got saved in his household. Now, this is very important. The power of praise. The power of worship. And that is what David did. And that's why God delivered David. And the Bible says, David died in a good old age. Full of babes. Full of riches. Full of honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. Reigned in his stead, reigned in his stead, reigned in his stead. David was an expressive worshiper. Last week we read it. You can read it later on. Second Samuel six. If I let's read it. Second Samuel six, eleven to seventeen. And then we read a couple of verses and then finish. And the ark, the ark of the Lord remained there with the family of Obedidim for three months, and the Lord blessed him. And his entire household. Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obedidon's house and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying it had gone six steps, they stopped and waited so David could sacrifice an ox and a fatted calf. I mean, Every six steps. I mean, who can, I mean, you can't beat David. I mean, think about it. You are going to bring the ark. You will just rejoice and be dancing. But David, one, two, three, four, five, six. Everyone stops. Don't forget, they are carrying the ark. They are carrying him also on those things. And there are so many things going on. There are oxen, oxen cows, so many things. And David will say, stop. And then they'll wait. And then they'll sacrifice an ox and a fatted calf after six steps. I mean, come on. David, don't mess with David and worship. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly tunic. He danced before the Lord with all his might. So David and all Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with much shouting and blowing of trumpets. But the ark of the Lord, yes, then it goes on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me read. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping, hey, you can imagine the, I mean, leaping for his wife to be angry with him. You can imagine he, he humbled himself. He, he leapt. He, he was leaping and just dancing before the Lord. And she was filled with contempt for him. So it shows the kind of heart David had towards God. 
the, uh, uh, in Chronicles, it, when he explains this, because Chronicles and, and Samuel, sometimes they, 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 you, you see David, Solomon, they kind of overlap. Sorry, Kings and Chronicles especially. But even uh, uh, um, the Kings and Chronicles, also uh, uh, um, Samuel and Chronicles, you see some slight overlap, or Kings, I think one of them. But you see... Uh, uh, David, the Bible also talks about it, also that David danced before the Lord so that his outer garment fell off as he was dancing. Because he was leaping so much, it fell off. Now, can you and I behave like David? You see people, they've gotten some small blessing, so their structure changes, the way they even stand changes. When it's time, maybe before that, when they are dancing, they'll be dancing before God, dancing, rolling. But now you are a big man or woman. So actually, yeah, worshiping God. You've changed. But a king, who is the, was the greatest king of Israel, before he became king, he was rolling and dancing. He became king. He was even dancing them all. But you now, you who used to spin, now that you have earned money and you are now an executive, now when you are dancing, ask people are dancing, you have now worshiping God away. <laughs> Please change and start to spend also. What you are doing, do it. Because if a great person like David, who was the king of Israel, the greatest king, could be leaping before God, then you and I should do the same. That's what made God love David so much. That's what made God love David so much. So if you want to be close to God, pray to God to give you the heart of worship. And God through his Holy Spirit will give you that heart of worship. To worship God. To know him. To love him. To, to, to be close to him. To, to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. When you are a person after God's own heart, it's awesome. God, God will be so pleased with you. God will, draw you, God, God will draw you near to himself. God will make you a man or a woman who is one of his favorite children. And you'll be close to him. He will cause you to approach unto him. Psalm 65 verse 3 says, or is it verse 3? Uh, what does it say? Blessed is the man whom, whom thou choosest. And causes to approach unto thee. Blessed is the man or woman whom God chooses. Verse 4. Blessed is the man whom God chooses and causes to approach unto him. Oh, may God draw us to himself. May we approach God. May we approach God. In Jesus' name, shall we pray? Father God, we bless you and worship you. We pray that you make us people after your own heart who will fulfill all your will. May we love you more. May we please you in everything we do. Give us hearts that are deeply in love with you. Cause us to long for you, to thirst for you, to hunger for you, to have the hearts of worship. Cause us to be desperate for you, desperate for you, desiring to be in your presence and to know you more. May we be close to you. Your word says you are no respecter of persons. So if you could be close to David, you could speak to Moses mouth to mouth as a man speaketh to a friend. You can be close to us also, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are watching, and you are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you know in your heart that if you die today, you do not know whether you will go to heaven or hell. If you know in your heart that you are far away from God, but you want Jesus Christ to save you, then I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In our Mashiach, Jesus, our Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you said this prayer, you are born again. You are saved. You are a child of God. I want to encourage you to listen to our, uh, um, the series I've just finished on what it means to be born again. And it will explain what has happened to you. God bless you. Father God, we thank you for those who have given their lives to you through Jesus Christ. We thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving them. We pray that Christ Jesus will be formed in them and in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. It's now time to take our offering. Our offering. If you want to bless the Lord, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I want to encourage you to give, 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 give. If you are, you belong to a church, give to your church. Pay tithe to your church. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. If you belong to this church, to give to the church, pay tithe. It is a good thing. It is, it is something that will bless you. God will bless you for that. Amen. Text to give. You can text GIVE to the number on the screen, 817-826-9772. Or you can just scan, follow the prompts, and um, you can just take a picture. Or just actually take your cell phone, put it, put your cell phone, uh, you can just take it. It's like you're taking a picture. Take a picture, let me try it now. Just take a picture of the barcode. Or is the QR code and it takes you to it takes you right there very simple okay shall we pray father God bless our tithe bless our offering in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord amen 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 God bless you God bless you and shalom shalom May the Lord bless you all. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Shalom.